You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. I'm James Hansen. This is Milo. And it's been another been another great week of jazz basketball and summer league we saw some things that were really exciting we also saw some jazz the jazz make some moves the first thing we want to talk about is the jazz have made a very clear decision about what they are going to be for the future i was thinking about it this week i didn't tweet it because sometimes i i do bad tweets and and i decide not to make them or i just delete them later but socrates said to know thyself and the Jazz know who they are. They are going to be a team a deep, with weird last names. A team with weird last names. Austin Horton made a very good tweet the other day when he said that the Jazz sound like they just signed three players from from Star Wars in Tabo Cephalosha, Jonas Jerebko, and Epke Udo, which made, <laughs> was that was really good. But uh, like signing three players that are really great, and I kind of want to talk about each one, but. Just overall, the Jazz have made a decision about what they're going to be next season, and that's going to be a defensive juggernaut. So what do you think, Milo? What do you think about these three different guys? What do you like about them? What do you think? So it is interesting to see Dennis Lindsay say, okay, we lost our best scorer, essentially, guy who got buckets, and say, well, we're just not going to let anybody else get buckets. And um, I really think... Going back to a Moneyball analogy where they're about to make that trade to to move Carlos Pena and he looks at uh, Billy Bean, looks at his his assistant GM and says, do you think this will work? And he's like, yeah, but everyone else is going to think you're crazy. Everyone's going to think that you're not doing a very smart thing. And and he and he's like, do you believe in he's Yeah, I believe in it. And this is kind of put up or shut up time with them. Do they really think that this is really going to pay off for them and this defensive identity and really looking at the market and saying the free agency market is not valuing defense right now. And that's where we can get our value. Yeah, it was all there. So Tabo Sevalosha, Andy Bailey uh, pointed out something that was really interesting that last season, when you look at, I can't remember if it was re- defensive real plus, plus minus or defensive win shares or or the who's he what's it whatever defensive analytic is that Rudy Gobert was like number three last year in the NBA. Tabo Sevalosha was number five. Uh, I've talked to some people about Jonas Drebko, also a very solid defender. Nice thing about Jonas Drebko is he can play the four and can actually shoot the three at a relatively good clip. He's not going to shoot the lights out, which is why he's still available as a free agent, but defensively he's solid. 
and and finally FK Udo, who might be the most interesting of all of them, coming over from Europe, who a lot of people consider the best defensive center in Europe at that point, now comes over to back up Rudy. The nice thing about uh, I was listening to him talk on twelve eighty today. He's really well spoken. FK Udo has just got a good personality. Yeah, I and think he's gonna- I think they got a lot of good a lot of good locker room guys. That's such a cliche thing to say, but. That's true. Um, I well, think- you know what? It's can I say one thing? We're finally gonna we're gonna have a better locker room this year too. By the way, since we don't have to worry about every little thing um, bothering that one guy in the corner who keeps himself. Yeah, like I think what's going to be nice is it, so you look at people who are on like a contract year. You have Rodney Hood, but he's a restricted free agent, so it's you're not worried about him going any going anywhere. Um, Ricky Rubio's not on a not on. A, in a contract year, uh, Joe Ingles no longer is like, I think the, the things are in place right now to really be able to, you know, put yourself behind the team and put the team first. And so, uh, they're, they're going to be, the jazz are really extremely deep. Like their high level, their high level talent might not be as high, but, they can constantly be throwing defensive players at you, and with the recent developments of Donovan Mitchell um, in in summer league as a as a, an elite defender, that's just adding to this this embarrassment of riches on the defensive end, where you have really long players who are going to be able to just bother you. There was a a, a tweet by Five um, uh, KL or Chris, uh, our pass editor for SLC Dunk, and he had he had Dennis Lindsay and. In, in in the cap with a cigarette and he's like <laughs> <laughs> so funny. yeah he's like i don't i don't care who you throw at us they ain't gonna score on us and the lebron james meme yeah the on the lebron james meme but it's really true like if you look at utah jazz no matter who they throw out there maybe uh, I, the only one that i can think of that would not is rodney hood who's known as more of an average defender below average but most every lineup that you throw out there, whether it's Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell back there, Dante Exum and Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell and uh, and, and Thabo uh, Cephalosha, or um, you have Cephalosha at the wing or Exum at the wing or Donovan Mitchell maybe at the wing, who showed he can guard bigger players if they, if they switch. Um, they can throw this endless gauntlet of people on the perimeter and just make your life hell. And then down low, they can throw Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, Ekpi Udo, Tony Bradley, who's also um, extremely tall and long. Um, and they can, and now Jonas Jarebko down there. They can constantly just be throwing these these different looks at you um, defensively. So they really said, okay, who are we? Are we, and what's on the market too? And and there's no offense left on the market, so why are we going to go out there and pay way too much? And, and that's the thing too. You see teams that are paying an exorbitant a lot of uh, exorbitant amounts of money just for somebody who's kind of good at offense, versus they can throw much less money at somebody who as a, it is at an elite level on the defensive end. Yeah, and sadly, we had to let go of the most interesting man in the NBA this last week with. Uh, with Boris Diaw being let go, I personally am going to miss Boris because I, I do think he helped out the team. But the one thing about Boris is that he was, kind of a, just kind of a minus on the defensive end for sure. wasn't a great rebounder. So the Jazz, like you said, the Jazz are going to be. There's no weaknesses at a certain position, at least defensively. So when they're 
playing these teams, they can have Rudy Gobert be his superstar self guarding the rim. And then that allows Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Dante Exum, all of our kind of steel specialists on the to actually be take even more risks. We might see a lot, a lot of steals. Right. And and now my my question to you, do you think the Utah Jazz are gonna play quick? Or are they going to or are they gonna reinforce themselves and be like, we're just going to uh slog it out? Because Dennis Lindsay said uh, that they want people when they go to Utah to feel like they're going to the world's worst dentist. <laughs> yeah, that was really great. I enjoyed seeing some of the jazz Twitter dentists making comments on that on Twitter. That was actually pretty funny. But uh, and most of them actually agreed. But uh, what I liked is that what I absolutely think we're going to play fast. I think you have to because that will take advantage of of basically one of our strengths. So our strength right now is defense for sure. Number one, we're a defensive team. And hopefully you can turn defense into easy offense, something we haven't always been great at. It seemed like two years ago, one of the things Quinn's, Quinn was was doing when Don, when Derek Favors was healthy is we were kind of not this amazing offensive team in terms of just lights out shooting, but we also had bigs down low that could offensive rebound and get putbacks or toss it out to an open shooter. I think we'll be a little bit like that again this year just because that's basically a all we can do but because we have ricky rubio who is fantastic uh, and in transition and just at um up finding the person rolling to the hoop and and in transition we have to kind of there's no i mean we don't have a go-to scorer we don't have a gordon hayward who can get us a shot we do have we do have joe johnson who's going to be to me he's kind of the x factor on this roster that we seem to be and, forgetting and about forgot, a little bit yeah we, we totally forgot to mention like yeah we have all these defensive specialists oh yeah and rodney hood but yeah there's uh you know there's there's joe jesus who is is still on the team who can who can still get buckets if he has a good hot yoga session in the morning oh absolutely and if he like you put joe johnson in and we'll score on second units um we have Jerebko who can play the four, who can stretch the four, floor a little bit. I actually, and so I wrote about it, and I did it just to, I love the reactions from all the dunkers. A big hug and kiss from James to all of you who disagree with me. But uh, I think the Jazz might be better this season. I When you look at some of the defensive upgrades we've made, obviously we'd rather have Gordon Hayward on the team. I No one's arguing that. But because of the defensive upgrades we've had, and I think that, Ricky Rubio's passing is wildly underrated. I thought it was interesting that last year Minnesota had a better offensive team, offensive efficiency than the Jazz did. And we actually had better shooters when you consider we had George Hill, Gordon Hayward, Rodney Hood, uh, Joe Ingles, the, the God. But they had a better offense. And so it makes me wonder, is it because they had a really nice stretch big in in Cat that allowed a lot of operation to go on or was it passing and i think a lot of it was just um that uh ricky rubio is a great passer and is going to get guys a lot of buckets i could see i could see rudy gobert averaging 15 points a game this year i I think the utah jazz have a chance to be better the unfortunate thing i think because of the increased talent in the west you're not going to see Mm -hmm. it in the record and so it's going to be really easy for people to point out the record of utah and then point to the record of boston and say Utah Jazz are worse. They they aren't as good of a team. But what you have is a 2007-2008 scenario where you have a very strong West, a very weak East, 
And so you might have these two or three teams in the East. Uh, you have Toronto, Cleveland, Boston, just beating up on these terrible teams out there. And they're able to have this inflated record that does, is not really a good example of how good they are versus you have the teams out West that are going through every night is just a slog. And even if you're playing the, you know, the, the bottom feeders, Phoenix Suns or, or Portland Trailblazers who have nobody inside, but you have Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, like every game is going to be a challenge. And, uh, mm-hmm. so, so that's going to, that's going to be, I think I, I do agree with you, though. The the Utah Jazz, I think they're going to play faster because if you slow it down to a half court, they don't have a player. Maybe Donovan Mitchell can become that, but I'm not sure how quickly he can become that in year one. Who can you give him the ball and he'll get buckets like they were able to do with Gordon Hayward um, and get to the line and get buckets. That was the, that was the, the, the biggest change with Gordon Hayward is you could give him the ball in the last last few seconds and he could get to the line. Or um, or get a, get a better shot, and Joe Johnson can do that. But I mean, once again, uh, Father Time is undefeated, and sooner mm-hmm. sooner or later, that's that's not going to work. Much more sooner than later. So mm-hmm. let's let's talk about the summer league now. So summer league recap: What did you love? What didn't you love? Two things you loved. One thing you didn't love. I loved Donovan Mitchell who has been no, nothing short of a revelation of the Jazz. I think the Jazz knew that he was going to be really good. I don't think they knew he was going to be this good. They Donovan Mitchell has come out and have, has been an absolute defensive force. He's, But he's also scored, not only scored a lot of points, like Trey Lyles did in his first summer league, but he's scored at an efficient clip. So he's hitting threes at a high percentage. He finishes at the rim. I mean, his his finishing at the rim, it's not Kyrie Irving level, but it's been really impressive because he's 6'3". Uh, he is an above-the-rim player for sure. I don't know. I, I am having a hard time holding back my excitement. I, like You, you want to compare him to players like Kyrie and, and, and Russell Westbrook, but there is a little bit of that to him in his ability to get above the rim, to finish, and then the shooting. I mean... <laughs> I I really can't wait to watch this guy play in the regular season. It, it, uh, no, I oh, can't ahead. wait to see him play against like a higher level uh, of talent. Uh, he's absolutely he, he he could be one of those guys where it, it feels very Russell Westbrook in the fact that he's able to just attack the rim. He's athletic, but defensively he he looks like. A, has a little bit of Russell Westbrook to his game because he's able to use that length. He's able to uh he had 8 steals. Now it's now it's summer league and there's a lot of people who have loose handles. Yes. But but at the same time, he's just in people's faces. Like he he shut down Jason Tatum. And this mm-hmm. is a guy who everyone's rating looks better in summer league than him, but when Donovan Mitchell guarded Jason Tatum one-on-one, all of a sudden, Jason Tatum, like he got in his face, he stole the ball. Jason Tatum got a little heated from it. That was in that was in Utah Summer League, and then the next possession, he just, I mean, like, put him on skates, <laughs> he put, put him, him on, on his skates, back. 
and 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 did it did it with like did it with ease did it with ease and then with the kind of the no look pass to the cutting defender for for the dunk it was just beautiful so I, I agree with you Donovan Mitchell Donovan Mitchell is definitely showing out I'd say the one thing that I've loved that is uh, besides Donovan Mitchell we could rave on him all all, all day I absolutely love Eric Griffin. And I think Eric Griffin deserves to get a two-way contract. Um, He's 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 balled out of his mind. He's one of those guys that I feel the new two-way G League contracts are made for. A guy who a journeyman guy, a guy who spent most of his time in Europe, who's was was not ready for the NBA, but he's worked hard, and he could develop and turn into. You know, a guy like Joe Ingles who could get paid down the line if he if he continues to work hard, and I think the Utah Jazz could develop him. And uh, as we know, the Utah Jazz seem to have a, an injury bug all the time, so there there could be opportunities for him to come up and 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 show out on on the on the big stage. So oh yeah, oh yeah, I was gonna say he's the second thing for me as well. The thing I've liked, I like also his size. I. To me, what's exciting is you could probably plug him at the four spot and then have just a very athletic four. The, the thing I love about him, too, is that he just he impacts the game when he's on the floor, and it's always in a positive way, whether it's just using his length and size to get a steal or getting above the rim for a dunk or whatever it is. He just He's just a very positive plus-minus guy. You can just feel it when you're watching him play that he's helping his team win. Right. So he's been, he's been great. I would say that I I was impressed with Don uh, with with uh, Tony Bradley in his last game. Uh, he the numbers were there. It, it looked like he was in the right place at the right time in a lot of plays throughout the throughout summer league, but just never had that breakout. Like shots were falling, things were going down. I think the one thing that he's going to need to work on, similar to what Rudy Gobert had when he first came over, was just realize your size. Just realize you're bigger than everybody else. Realize you don't bring the ball down below your waist when you when you grab a rebound. Use your size. Use your size uh, to your advantage, and and that's going to be the biggest thing with Tony Bradley. And there's a good chance, especially with the signing of Ekpe uh, Udo, is that we're going to see Bradley now spend some time with the Salt Lake City Stars, and uh, I think that's inevitable now with that signing. Yeah, and so he, it, we're going to see that transaction log of being sent down and sent back up, sent down and sent back up for Tony Bradley. Um, one thing I didn't love about about summer league was Joel Ballenboy. <laughs> Same thing here. It, it's just disappointing. Like uh, in his limited minutes that he got with the Utah Jazz, and also with, with in the D League last year, he was an All Star. And for mm-hmm. some reason, when he's playing against guys who are of the same caliber, maybe just a little bit better because there's some lottery picks thrown in. He just didn't look good. Defensively, yeah. he he was it was lost. He, shots weren't falling. Um, he just didn't look like he was part of the offense. And in his second year, you would think he would be more vocal in getting the ball. He would be more active. And it just it, when he was on the court, uh, it's and and it what's crazy is. There would be times where uh, be, I would be looking at the TV from far away and I would see a, a pick and roll and somebody diving to the hoop. And I was like, oh, oh, good. 
Joe uh, Joe Ballin boy, and I realized no, that's Eric, that's Eric Griffin. As I you know stepped closer to the television and saw, no, Joe Ballin boy sitting it out there in the corner, and so so um, in fact, Eric Griffin's summer league is what I expected Joe Ballin boy to have. Mm-hmm. That that was that was the type of play, being very active on the defensive end, getting those steals, making breakaway dunks. So, uh, just re- rebounding consistently. That was the thing that's crazy. He wasn't even rebounding. He was getting like, he would play almost 27 minutes, 28 minutes, and he would wind up with two or three rebounds. That's... and It, it, was, it was really honestly disappointing. We watched him together just live in person, and I, I remember I was watching, and I remember, and I know players can get better, but he's been with the G League for the last year. You would hope that he comes in, but I would watch him and I'd be like, he's he's not impacting shots at the rim. They are literally just going right over top of him. You know, Zizic from Boston has not looked great, but he's made some sort of impact. Whereas I've looked at Ballenboy and I haven't seen him impact a game. And we were hoping that his shot would improve. And it actually looked worse to me. That hitch in his shot actually looked more pronounced to me. Mm-hmm. As if like he's doubling down on on things that he has to get over and so that was that was disappointing i was i love joel ballenboy i love his violent dunks and i love his his demeanor and you can tell he's a competitor and wants to win but man it was it's it's true like and he isn't he hasn't been as athletic as i thought you know i when i think joel ballenboy i uh i think athleticism i think above the rim and he wasn't really quite above the rim no, so. he, yeah, he he wasn't playing above the rim, and you have to wonder with Joe Ball and Boy, is he going to? Uh, can you hear me? Okay. No, I'm just laughing about the corgi in the background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for for everybody who is not on the podcast, my my dog, I have a corgi, and she is by far the dumbest animal alive. <laughs> but she's into the jazz. She wants to. She's listen to- to what we're uh, actually her name is Jazz. Oh really? Well, hey, that's Jazz. fantastic. Yep. Good job, Jazz. Good yes, boy. Uh, yeah. Good girl. Anyway, um, it, with Joe Ballenboy, I don't know what he is. I don't know. That's I, it. I, I, I agree. He, he's six foot nine. So, um, <clears throat> and if you remember Paul Millsap, uh, you know people. You know Paul Millsap is a generous six foot nine, and they they were like, it, like if you put him stand him, he's next, probably six six. Honestly, yeah. If you stand he, him next to Darren Williams, he's just like a little bit bigger. Um, but even then, like Joe Ballenboy, he's if, – if he's a power forward, he can't stretch the floor and he can't shoot. And, and so he automatically clogs, clogs the paint on offense. If he's a center, he's extremely undersized and he's not able to use his size. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then he's an energy guy. But if he's an energy guy, well, guess what? We have a guy named Ekpi Udo who's an energy guy who knows where he needs to be on defense and it – and can make the right plays on offense, make the make the screen assists and other things uh, that's going to be there. And they just signed somebody named Tony Bradley, who has more of the measurables of what you're looking for at that position. So I don't know, uh, not signed, but uh, drafted. Uh, so I don't know where he fits. And and in all honesty, he could be uh, he could be that contract where they're just like, yeah, we're just going to trade him, or we're just going to we're just going to cut it. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know where he 
where he stands right now and where he fits on this roster. He could, could if the Jazz keep him, he's spending an, another full year in playing for the Salt Lake City Stars. Bar yeah. none. He didn't put any. He didn't do anything in summer league that would force your hand to 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 make a move. Oh yeah, it's the things. Yeah. So talking about Paul Millsap, Paul Millsap obviously not a rim protector either but has turned himself into a great steals guy he guards the perimeter really really well you would hope that ball and boy could do that but hasn't really shown ability to do that yet i'm rooting for him but we'll see what happens uh the next thing that was kind of interesting um just to touch on donovan mitchell the ringer released their new way too early too much of a hot take redraft and they have donovan mitchell going number five in this draft if they did it again today which is exciting i was talking about this with other people is this the best lottery pick the jazz have made since i guess either gordon hayward or darren williams i he might be a better pick than gordon hayward was just because of how quickly he's going to be an effective player what do you think he 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 had a better summer league let's put it that way when when gordon hayward came in he had a i mean he had a good summer league uh but uh, he a lot of his summer league people were saying, well, you just put the pieces around him and you're going to see his abilities really show out, and and that's true because Gordon Hayward is a, was is a playmaker. Um, but with Donovan Mitchell, he didn't wait for oh, if you put the pieces around me, I'm going to get be getting those assists or I'm going to be I'm going to be finding my you know find those players like he makes it happen on the offensive end. Even when uh, he's he might be limited in his maybe his handle a little bit as a primary ball handler, but he didn't look like if you were to tell people, hey, this this guy wasn't a point guard in at Louisville. I don't think anybody would believe you. He looks like he could be a point guard in this league. If you were to tell people that he wasn't uh, he wasn't a, a twenty eight to thirty two point per game scorer at Louisville, they'd be like, well. Are you sure? Because the guy gets buckets. Um, I would say the the thing that I absolutely love with him is he's just defensively there. Like, and and once again, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook, and not not the skill like the skills or the even the uh, measurables. You know, they're the same height, they're the same weight, uh, they have the same length. What reminds me most about Westbrook is that. It doesn't matter whether they're down 15 or up 15. It doesn't matter whether it's um, at the end of the game or the beginning of the game. It looks like he is just in overdrive on the defensive end. And that is just insane. Um, it, like He comes in and he's just a pest. And not just a pest, but he's using that length to get to get into the passing lanes, to disturb people on the perimeter. It, it, and, and he's going all out. He's just... He goes all out every single play, and and the only person on the Utah Jazz I can be like, wow, you know, who plays like that and is just that fiery is Gobert. I was gonna say, it's it's he's actually really similar to Gobert in that he's got great size and measurables for his position, especially if he's a one. If he's in a a one in this league, look out because he really does. Like you said, I don't want to say he's like. You know, I don't want to say he's Russell Westbrook because no one's Russell Russell Westbrook, but he has the same size, length, speed, and intensity. But he's got those intangibles, intangibles that Gobert has too. So not only does he have the physical tools, the talent, he already has a great catch and shoot game, despite what some 
uh, people might say. And but, he has uh, a great mentor in, in Rubio this year too. If you're exactly. like, hey, we want you to transition more from from just a, a shooting guard, a wing, to we want you to play in the future that one. Man, every game you can be like, watch Rubio. Watch how he drags his defender off the screen. Watch how he's playing that pick and roll. Watch how he's looking for the cutter. Look how he's um, keeping his head up at all times. Look, wa- look at him in the in in the uh, on the fast break. Uh, watch him like they can. You have the ideal passer who is just a just naturally skilled at at assisting the basketball, but two who is just so talented at being able to and 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 has worked at his craft that they can point to them and be like we want you to watch him emulate him be as be be as he is and they can really learn from each other and this really plays into the the modern NBA too where you want and 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 Snyder's offense when he was at Atlanta where you just want a lot of skilled ball handlers to be able to make the right reads at any point in time. And that's when the Utah Jazz, when they ran um, the old Princeton, uh, back with uh, John Stockton, Carl Malone, they were they were at their, they were most dangerous when they had Jeff Hornacek, Brian Russell, uh, and John Stockton, Carl Malone, four guys who could just pass the ball mm-hmm. and just make the right reads. And, and it was a bit of positionless basketball. Now, there wasn't as much three-point shooting going on, but it was at any point in time that was why their offense was just this buzzsaw because you couldn't just stop John Stockton and be like, well, John Stockton's not going to get assists for us today. Well, cool. Well, they have a ball handling wing in Jeff Hornacek. Same thing with that Darren Williams team. That Darren Williams team that uh, with Carlos Boozer, they Carlos Boozer was fantastic passing out of the post. Now, if you go into the next iteration of this. And you're looking at, well, we have people who can make the right reads. Exum, who is more turnover prone, but he, 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 can, he can pass. You have Rubio, you have Donovan Mitchell, and you have uh, Rodney Hood, who not last season, but the season prior, looked like he was starting to, to get how to play the pick and roll, how to work that, and took a step back, whether it was injuries or something else. They have mm-hmm. Joe Johnson. They have Jarebko, Thabofasevfalosha. Uh, and and now Udo, and Udo looks like he can make the right read on on offense. He's not he he's not Kevin Love or Carl Anthony Towns by any means, but it can he make the right read? Yeah, and mm-hmm. and so they're they're building that. Yeah, and we know that the Jazz really value the ability to get a lot of different plays in a single possession to to run through a lot of different sets. Uh, if the initial pick and roll doesn't work, the fact that Rubio can then pass it out to a Mitchell or Exum or Rodney that can then initiate another pick and roll or run a different isolation within the same possession, it's incredibly valuable. If you if we had one of those teams like the Rockets or the or the Thunder that you have just like kind of a primary ball handler that everything runs through, that's not something we can do because we just don't have enough stretch bigs and shooters so the jazz are just going to absolutely be able to rely on multiple ball handlers running multiple sets and going through Uh, the other thing i wanted to talk about with mitchell that i think is super underrated we talked about the talent and skill but just that just like rudy he's he's just a natural leader he 
and you touched on it a little bit, the guy is going to not give up on a play. It doesn't matter what the score is. He's going to take it as a personal affront if the opposing player is trying to score on him or anyone else. The best, Maybe the best moment ever of all the Summer League was when Donovan Mitchell asked the coaches to let me guard Jason Tatum. Because if you rewatch that game and how kind of cocky Tatum was that game, he was having a good one for the... The first quarter, he scored like 10 points or something like that. Mitchell go, Mitchell asks to get on him, and I think he scores two points for the rest of the game. To me, that's incredible. That's that's the competitor the competitor that you want on your team. My <laughs> The thing that I'm going to love more than anything this season is to watch the combination of Donovan Mitchell's fire on defense. You combine that fire with Rudy Gobert's fire on defense, it's going to be just... <laughs> absolutely magical the jazz will be making very good music if if how i don't know sorry bad joke no but but what, they're, gonna, I, be, they're I, gonna be they're gonna be absolutely amazing if if uh i think what is so great where um we saw donovan mitchell during summer league uh the last game he was sitting next to the coaches not next to the players not chilling trying to have a good time but he he just looks like a pro he 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 just he gets it. Um, he had talked about um, in his interview with Sports Center uh, how being kind of close to professional baseball had really helped him know how to be a pro, how to handle himself, how to show up to work, how to uh, what he needs to do, and having that background, then going to the NBA, and then you have just really good X's and O's coach like Quinn Snyder. And I think the Utah Jazz are going to be a surprising team, much like how the Atlanta Hawks were a surprising team when everyone they were like the no all stars thing, and then they gave away like the players of the month, but it was the entire team because they were just being disingenuous. But um, but I think I think they're going to be in a really good spot next year, just because they're going to be bawling out of their mind because they're going to be incredibly unselfish, and and. You hit it right on the head with you got leaders like Rudy Gobert now. Rudy Gobert is now the leader in that locker room. And I mean, it's all nice to have somebody who's humble and wants to sit back. But man, the people that you want to run through a wall for are not the people who are just sitting back and quiet. The people that you want to to really work for are the people who hold you accountable the people who are vocal about it, the people who are setting those goals, the people who are working hard. I, I think one of the other things too is um, Gordon Hayward when he was uh, with the Utah Jazz and they started to move towards that you're the leader type of thing, he was working out in Indy. Yeah. And, and, and there's and nothing many, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're the leader and everybody else is in Utah and you're working out in Indy and then your solution is – trying to invite people to come out to Indy, Indiana to work out with you instead of going there, it, it, it's a little backwards. Um, you have Rudy Gobert working out with uh, players now, like Rodney Hood, Alec Burks, and his, and like his posse. Like There's this uh, Rudy Gobert posse that I absolutely love, which is like him, Rodney Hood, Alec Burks, and Raul Neto, which is just amazing <laughs> it is just so good like i want I, I i i it could be a 30 for 30 i want people like chronicling what's going on not just during the workouts but what happens at night 
But <clears throat> in that, Rudy's brand new palace, by the way, yeah, have in you his seen new the palace? Like I, I can only it's uh, to be a fly on the wall. But that's that's the new that's the new brand of leadership that's coming coming on now. Is Rudy Gobert still kind of immature? Yeah, probably. He's young. But at the same time, he just wants to work, and he's vocal about other people working and doing the same things that he is doing. He's a student mm-hmm. of the game, too. He's, he just want, just goes in there and gets stuff done. And he wants to party, too. And he's this kind of magnanimous personality and you add Donovan Mitchell's personality to that. You add Ricky Rubio's personality to that. And and the more that you look back at, wow, man, those people couldn't bring Gordon Hayward to, you know, back to Utah. And the thing is, is that they might not be the people that he wants to be around. They're mm-hmm. like, and and he doesn't have sort of a protection. And there might have been a movement towards maybe the way Rudy Gobert likes to likes, likes to govern in the in the locker room maybe his voice was becoming the voice of we're not we're not doing work on defense and guess what the guy who's covering your back all the way on defense and if he's saying hey I'm not you're not doing enough for me that's going to be that's going to show out a lot more than what's going on and there was this natural natural you know transition starting to happen anyway I think the Utah Jazz are going to be in an excellent position. I think they have a great personality. Uh, Donovan Mitchell has the personality of Damian Lillard with the body of Russell Westbrook with the with work ethic of Rudy Gobert. And that's not some that's not the worst thing in the world. Does that mean he's going to become a star? No. Does the summer league mean he's going to be the next great thing? No. I hope so. Um, it's the best summer league from a Utah Jazz player that I can remember in recent memory. But I mean, the last one that I remember where I was like, "Wow, that's that that's good," was actually not a first rounder or a lottery pick. It was Paul Millsap when he came back his second and his third year. And every year, you're like, "Whoa, he really added to his game." Wow, he's really working hard. Uh, but his is just the fact of you were expecting a 13 pick. You expected, okay, well, he's going to be good, but he's not going to be balling out of his mind, and. The very first thing you see from him before his very first game is in warm-ups. He's throwing down dunk contest level dunks and not missing. He missed one oh, yeah, dunk. He... he only missed one dunk. And he was throwing down like alley-oop windmills and off-the-backboard reverses. and The Vince Carter reverse 360 like it was nothing. Yes. If, by the way, Donovan Mitchell will be in the dunk contest. He will be in the dunk contest. Anybody out there, if you're listening, he's going to be in the dunk contest. There's no doubt in my mind. And and it's going to be absolutely amazing. And I hope he jumps over Rudy Gobert. And <laughs> I didn't even think about that. We might see first-time All-Star Rudy Gobert because of having Ricky Rubio. And then he's going to be out there with Donovan Mitchell and the dunk contest. I was kind of thinking about this talking to other people. I wonder... I slightly wonder if in some weird way, you know, it's going to hurt this season for sure. But in the long term, losing Gordon Hayward might be a a good thing for the Jazz. Because if Donovan Mitchell becomes that star that we want and Rudy Gobert is absolutely the perfect superstar that can play with anyone because he's a defensive uh, center who rolls to the rim and allows any play- other scoring option on the team to just flourish. It, you know, the Jazz have signed... 
Thabo Sebalosha, Jarebko, and Udo, they all have two-year contracts. I don't know if they're team options on the second year. I wouldn't be surprised. I I wouldn't be surprised either. I know there's been a lot of people guessing that those are team options on -hmm. those. And so what it looks like to me is the Jazz have just set them up so that after this season, let's say say Donovan Mitchell, and this is obviously hypothetical, but let's say Donovan Mitchell just – absolutely demands time on the court by the end of the year he's a starter the jazz have options to move things around to put something in place along with mitchell gobert exum or whoever is on the makeup of the team after so they're in really good spot if mitchell blows up and i actually think he will but it's you know we still have he still has to play against the russell westbrooks and the Kyrie's and that of the world but definitely has a chance to be great and the jazz are set up to to be ready for that. It's, it's really I can't exciting. believe I didn't even think about this. One of the things I really loved about Summer League was Dante Exum and how he looked just – he looked like an NBA player. He looked, mm-hmm. he looked solid. He had his explosion back. And the, and the crazy thing, you look at Utah and they just have this kind of embarrassment of riches when it comes to young players. Now, who's yeah. going to step up? Who's going to be step up is, is – uh, for the Utah Jazz to return to what they are, Rudy Gobert has to be a 20-10 and 10 player. And if he's a 20-10 and 10 player, that means Ricky Rubio is going out of his mind. That's, yeah. that, that means Ricky, like, to get there, that's the catalyst. Ricky Rubio has to be playing that pick-and-roll to perfection. And for Ricky Rubio to play that pick-and-roll to perfection, you need Dante Exum, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Rodney Hood, uh, Joe Johnson, and then their new players, Drebko Th- uh, and, and Thabo, um, really spacing the floor, hitting those outside shots, and then being able to being able to make that back cut. Like I think we're going to see the return. I, I truly think Dante Exum's like uh, his play du jour should be that Ronnie Brewer back cut to the rim like every, all day every day because he can just beat his man off of that um but it, but anyway the, the Utah Jazz have the pieces to be able to have a surprise season what is going to be the key is can everybody put themselves put themselves bef- um after the team are they going to be that are they really going to come together as a team? Are they really going to work hard? And I think they will. I think the motivation is there to prove people that Gordon Hayward wasn't the piece that, that made everything work, that these guys still have a ton of talent, that Quinn Snyder's still a really good coach. And if anything, if you're a Utah Jazz fan, take heart in the fact that you have Quinn Snyder pulling the strings. And all last year, he worked with a Frankenstein lineup of pieces mm-hmm. on every single game with different players out due to injury, different players... Um, not at their full health, having to move players in and out, not being able to get full minutes because Derek Favors is still hobbled or or Gordon Hayward's returning from injury. And Gordon Hayward didn't even play. Uh, he, was, he, he was injured for part of the year and played through an injury. George Hill played through an injury. And and so if they have health, if you have Rudy Gobert, Ricky Rubio, and they're, if they actually have just a healthy lineup, continuity is going to be, is going to be a bigger plus or minus than than any player onto the court. And so and we have we have players that love to be here. They're gonna be here through the summer. They're gonna be in open scrimmage. They're and- gonna be there in Santa Barbara back and forth. They're gonna be at the Jazz's facilities. They're gonna be working hard. Um 
The only person that I don't know if he's going to be here all summer is going to be Ricky Rubio, but that's just because of the trade. He might have had other arrangements in place that Minnesota mm-hmm. was like, okay, this is this is okay, and he's not used to Utah's regiment. But other than that, I I think all these players are going to be there. Uh, if the Jazz win fifty-one games, get somehow get like a six or seven seed in the playoffs, is is Quinn Snyder a lock for Coach of the Year? I, because I, I, I think don't think there's the, a tension. I think there's a, a, a like much like Eric Spolstra last year, how no one thought that he would even be in the cha- be in the in the running, and he was there. But now Utah has a bit more of a limelight because they're they're the losers in this trade. Mm-hmm. I mean, the they're, losers in this signing. They're the losers of uh, of the of the off season, so to speak, because they didn't weren't able to resign Gordon Hayward. So that's going to be that. That's the narrative. Anytime they're like. And the the Gordon Haywardless Utah Jazz won again. It's not going to be the Rudy Gobert led led team or anything. Like it's going to suck for the players that are on there. But but the fact is, like that's going to be the narrative going forward. Like, can you believe this team is is really great? And likewise, if they don't, that's going to be the, that's going to be the other side. Like uh, the, the the scary thing is if this experiment does not work, much like in Moneyball, if the pieces don't come together. I mean, the mob is going to be out there, you know, wondering, you know, what's going on. If it's if it's really in, if this was a really good idea, so mm-hmm. it's going to be fascinating. And because because the NBA in general and national media just doesn't really pay attention to the Jazz, they're going to realize how good Rudy is. If if the Jazz make the playoffs next year and it's anything above an eight seed, I don't see how Rudy Gobert isn't an All Star. I think if Rudy Gobert scores, if Rudy Gobert averages 16 and 12 next year and the Jazz are a seven seed, I don't know how he's not an all-star. Yeah, I think I think the key is uh, Quinn Snyder's biggest goals this next season are going to be make Ricky and put Ricky and Rudy into the into the all-star conversation. Mm-hmm. Put put you know put, put them in there. I don't think Ricky can get through, but definitely put them put him in the conversation of wow. He's balling out of his mind. He's putting up 17 and 10. Uh, and then you have Rudy Gobert, who's averaging 18 and 10, 19 and 10. Oh, my goodness. Well, and he only shot the ball 7.7 times a game his last usage year. Rate, his usage rate is at like 15%. 15. You 15%. give him 12 shots a game? Uh, Absolutely. Like, like it, it's one of those things where it's just like if you raise that usage rate, holy crap, something something is going to something is definitely going to change and there was a time when uh towards the end of um last season where he was he had this stretch of he was like 20 and 10 or 18 and 10 and and he was putting up he had a 30 and 10 game and uh, he was putting up these monster games as his usage rate went up so the offense is going to change it's no longer going through rudy gobert and everything else so yeah uh if anything else, next season is going to be a fun. Uh, a, it's going to be fun just because the offense. It's not going to be the same. It's it's it's, very it, different. it's going to be very very different. Which could be mean the first month, could be the school of hard knocks for a little bit as they start to figure out what exactly they're going to be running. But they'll get into rhythm. The good news is they have really good defense to carry them. So the first, if the Utah Jazz are five hundred after their first month. They'll be. They're going to be where they need to be, regardless of who they play or whatever, uh, because 
uh, and there are going to be games of like 83 to 79 um, or 81 to 76. And, and then you'll start to see the offense pick up as, as, as they start to get used to each other, because there's how many new pieces do we have here? We have, we have Mitchell, Rubio, Drebko, Udo, um, and, and Tony Bradley. That's five new players. All no, of which, six, all six. of which can play, all of which can play, all of which you're not scoffing at them being on the court. Yeah, all of them it's, can play. Yeah, so that's we have we have basically six new players, and if you add some G League uh, co- two way contracts, um, two more of those, that's going to be eight. So, so there's going to be a lot of a, there's not a lot of continuity to this. So it's going to be a lot of change. Even last year when they added you know Joe Johnson, Boris Diaw. And George Hill, there was that adjustment period. So, and now we just we have twice as many new players. <laughs> so it's going to be it's 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 going to be different. Um, I had I had one last question. Um, we I think we've kind of talked about Eric Griffin, and maybe that's the answer to it. But are the Jazz done making moves? Is are the Jazz going to be doing anything else? I I think they still have a move in them. It just depends on if the trade market is there. Um and. And there, for example, the Carmelo, the Carmelo Houston trade. Who knows if the Utah Jazz um, were involved with that, or you know, there was legs to the Carmelo uh, Cleveland um, move where it, the Jazz were were in talks with that. Those those two moves, because they involve quite a few teams and quite a few players, um, might might jump the trade market back up again. Even if the Utah Jazz aren't aren't involved with it, because then you start to because what happens from those moves as they're trying to get third and fourth party teams in, then you start to hear who also is available, and then those they might not be part of that trade, but then a team that finds out that a certain player is available might pop in and say, hey, what's have you know just a two way two team trade with this to get this going, so it bubbles up other possibilities. Now oh that, yeah, so now oh, that's ahead, cal- now that is calmed down and you have a new new GM in New York. I still think Carmelo gets traded, but I think what's going to happen is it might not it might not go through until end of August. It mm-hmm. or, or or before training camp. Well, it's amazing how one team will make a trade and how much it affects other teams. For example, the Jazz, we remember were in um rumors and discussions about Patrick Beverly with with the Rockets and Obviously, they ended up getting Chris Paul, and Beverly went to the Clippers, and so that obviously affected the Jazz, which then makes the Jazz uh, gets the Jazz set up for the draft, and the Jazz end up making a trade for Donovan Mitchell, which I actually think worked out beautifully for us. Uh, so it's just in, it'll be you're exactly right. So let's say the Knicks make some sort of trade. You don't know what kind of dominoes that you know effect that will have with other teams. Maybe the other teams are looking for a, a Derek Favors or something, and they start calling the Jazz. I actually think that's kind of the scenario It happens. It's kind of a boring answer, but I don't know if the Jazz are making a lot of phone calls right now, but they'll take phone calls for sure. I, th- yeah, I think a- they're taking phone calls. I think they're set up for that. I think, especially after this crazy signing period and trading period right before the draft, mm-hmm. I think it's very well known for every team who's available and especially even more so in those inside circles. Um, and it's just a matter of they're going to – now they want to see – now now teams are probably going to want to see do they have the pieces that will make it work. You know, they'll start to go through training camp. And then if they don't think that everything is there, 
then you'll see another flurry again. And, <laughs> and, and, and but I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty calm here for, for the next month. Now, you, you just scared me a little bit, actually, <laughs> because, because my, my, the word I hate the most when I am watching basketball is showcasing. I hope there's no showcasing on the Jazz. I don't think there will be because I think we're set up to win. But if, my goodness, if we have another situation where there's a player getting minutes that are driving me nuts, like no, if we, only, only I don't know who's going to be this year. Showcasing back, but. will be uh, in, in in the preseason where you where you see That's a player true. player getting way too much just to prove that hey, so and so is healthy or so and so still knows how to dribble a ball, like. That's the other thing I don't Fingers get about crossed. showcasing is like you have so much film on a guy like one game like it like if you sh- if you you play one dude like thirty six minutes and all, he, and he gets just goes out of his mind like like some really smart front office is all of a sudden going to be like throw all of the data away he drops thirty points in thirty six minutes but sir he, he he only averages throw it all away they showcased him and that changes everything. So Shelvin Mack, Shelvin Mack just made twelve million dollars with Orlando. the The gift basket he needs to send to Quinn Snyder needs to be filled with all the floater candies, all the. I don't know what uh, Orlando's doing. They just signed Jonathan Simmons too. Like if they were a competing team, it would make so much sense. They're supposedly going to get better, and they sign. Yeah, they're, Shelvin like, they're Mack. like it's time to really focus on our young guys. Let's sign Jonathan uh, Simmons and Shelvin Mack. Which, if oh you're a veteran team and you need and you need like you know uh, that extra depth that's great but you're the orlando magic like you're you, you don't what's your base you you do you even know where you've bottomed out yet do you even know they i mean that's they're baffling i mean I this is a magic mast on a sinking ship they draw well they draft jonathan isaac who is that replacing aaron gordon that's my dream scenario is yeah. there some way the jazz could get aaron gordon as our power forward i would be really excited about I that i don't but. know i don't know what they what they value i don't know what they don't value i don't they don't value money that's for, for dang, <laughs> yeah, dang sure, or but, winning but <laughs> well kidding, you know, if we're gonna wrap this up here uh yeah jazz of very promising summer league they have a really fun roster now um that's just built on their defensive defensive efforts and and now that summer league is over it's probably going to quiet down a bit but it's going to be interesting to see if the utah jazz get back in the in the trade market so as always uh subscribe to us follow us on on the good old soundcloud uh, watch us on uh well read us on slcdunk.com follow us on twitter instagram and on facebook at slcdunk that's it pretty simple slcdunk and uh as always it's been a blast here at the slc punk spot podcast so it's been real, James. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs>